You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. back with I'm the Prize. I know you're probably surprised, like, what, two episodes in a matter of days? Well, there were a few things that happened this week that I felt like really had to be addressed, too, because, you know, this is about the actual Oscar race, and right now we have our first few major, um, how would you say, precursor awards, you know, the big stuff that comes out to lead into what make it may actually make it into the cut for certain categories. Uh, this week it was the Gotham Awards, which has nothing to do with Gotham before you say anything, Alan. <laughs> it sucks. I know. I, okay, anyways, yes, the Gotham Awards, <laughs> which are historically usually the first major, like, award show, and usually they don't cover everything that'll make it to the Oscars, but they usually give a hint at who people are leaning more towards in certain categories. Um, we also have the Hollywood Film Awards, which actually put out their winners, not just the nominees like the other groups did. But then we also have the International Documentary Association Awards um, for their nominations, So, which is exciting because documentaries are usually some of the hardest ones to predict for me because... One, you have to know who makes it the shortlist or what's eligible to nominate. But then two, I just don't watch enough documentaries to know what's out there. But we're going to give you people a few, you know, a few little details on who to look for for those categories and more. So, yeah, Alan, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Alan. You've heard me yelling about just about everything and everyone and consistently bringing up Game of Thrones for no reason at all. <laughs> there we go. You know, at the sound of Alan bringing up Bran Stark, turn the page. Ding. <laughs> You'll be flipping through that like crazy. <laughs> also, we got Bradley here. How you doing, buddy? Good, thank you. Hello. Hooray for Bran Stark, greatest ruler of Westeros. <laughs> oh, Lord. Bran the Broken. Is that what they really called him? Isn't that what they called yeah, him? Like, that's it was what like, they oh called my God. Him. To so his stupid. face. Right to his face. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, anytime you bring up Game of Thrones, it always puts an, uh, a cloud, a depressive little aura around the whole thing. It takes us a few minutes to get back to it. I know, I know. But yeah, so we're hoping not to be too long with this episode, because this is, you know, these are small uh, little fields here. But what really got me excited, especially to start off here, is the International Documentary Association. Now, this is a group I know very little about, because I'm not a documentarian, although I do know some friends of mine who are doing documentaries, including... One right now who's finishing filming a documentary in Colorado, uh, which is actually really fascinating for him in that case. It's a whole thing about ex-cons who do roofing and uh, housework jobs. It's like the only company that will hire them in that area. So it's really cool stuff. That sucks. I mean, it, it, it does name? suck, but that's why they want to showcase. It's like, yeah, they're trying to do the best they can with you know their limited restrictions of that thing. And that's why, yeah. that's why I like these kind of documentaries. They shed light on so many subjects that we just usually don't think about. And most of the ones that are nominated here for the major documentary categories... Mostly are films I've never heard of. So I'm kind of excited to see what they're actually about and whether they're actually good or not. Um, cool. Yeah. So you guys have the links up here on your ends, right? Yep. All right. So I just want to go through at least just the major feature nominees uh, to just showcase what people are really looking forward to in terms of documentary. So the first one here, the first nominee is this film called Advocate. Now, this is based on a story about a Jewish-Israeli lawyer named Leah Simeil, uh, I think is her name. How do you pronounce that? I'm not even going to bother. Okay, anyways, <laughs> uh, a prominent Jewish Israeli lawyer who was helping political prisoners out for over 50 years, uh, apparently, throughout her career. So, you know, she's just one of those big political advocates for certain for certain people. And that's, 
hey, that's cool. You know, big. It sounds like it's going to be one of the big, like, trendy, based on real figure type documentaries this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the next one here is American Factory, which I did see a trailer for this one. It's been a while. Now, this one came out, I believe, through Netflix. Um, and it's talking about the mm-hmm. GM, a GM plant closing in Ohio and the conflict between the Chinese billionaire stuff where they buy the plant in 2014 and invest into its auto glass production. Oh, with that such. So it's one of those weird things where it actually is a productive, you know, relationship between the U.S. and China, but there still is little bits of tension with that, especially with the news nowadays kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's it. Oh, well, sure, Because yeah. I think we did see a trailer for that a while ago, and it does seem really, really interesting, just kind of exactly what they're going to go for with it. Yeah, yeah, because I think the big thing here is less about the actual tensions, but it's more about the real issue that's the fact that people aren't getting jobs in these Midwestern areas because GM just pretty much screwed over the Midwest when they shut down all their factories. So. Yep. Oh, I'm living in a town. I mean, I've actually lived in a couple towns now that have actually suffered the direct, you know, directly from that stuff happening too. So, uh, but yeah, so that sounds really promising. Now, this next one here is also uh, for no, actually, this one here is Apollo Eleven, which I've heard from everybody is like one of the best, not just documentaries, one of the best films of the year, apparently. So that's about oh, cool. the space program. Yeah. So yeah, in a matter of years, we've had more Apollo, Neil Armstrong right? documentaries than you can count, and this is the latest yes. one. But apparently, people are saying it's one of the best ones because it's got the most unique and rare footage about Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and Michael Collins. In it. Cool. Yeah. So hey, it's always cool. It's a fascinating story about the space race, you know, with all that stuff. Uh, one entirely made on pettiness. Well, I mean, that's most of history is built <laughs> upon that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. you're not wrong. Um, also, we have this movie, For Sama, which is apparently a war documentary that takes place, uh, that mostly focuses on the women and children who are caught in the middle of war zones. So, which... Oh, no, it's Grave of the Fireflies, but live action. <laughs> well, Grave of the Fireflies is based on real stuff, too, so... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. intense. You brought that up. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I was going for, honestly. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to reach for something. Uh, we also have this movie, Honeyland, which was nominated. Uh, now, this is fascinating and weird that it's about a female beekeeper in Europe who's one of the last few of her you know, profession there and is trying to help raise awareness for the uh, situation about her bee colony uh, there and also the problem of the, you know, the fact that bees look, are a threatened and endangered species in a lot of places. So, uh, Look, Ooh, I have utmost respect for beekeepers and people that are trying to do this. I also fucking hate bees, so have fun with that. You're part of the problem, then. <laughs> no, I'm not, actually. Everyone else that ignores, that drives their cars and pollutes the environment are actually part of the problem, so they hate bees as much as I do. I, so have I fun know. with your car. Well, if you want to get anywhere, then good luck. So. And that's well. why the bees are dying. The, the bees are dying because I have to get to my thing on time. So Yeah, actually, it's, it's complacency. I work from home. I love the bees. I take public transportation. I have a lower carbon footprint than than you right now. We have no buses here, so I have no, I have no I can't do anything unless I do have a car sadly. So anyways, uh we also got this movie Midnight Family, which is taking place inside Mexico City and deals with some of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the area and how they run a private ambulance apparently in these communities to try to compete against the other EMTs so they can get emergency care for patients. That's depressing. Depressing and fascinating too. Like just yeah. you know, running a private ambulance to help people out, kind of stuff like a that. That's private ambulance. Wow, it's like uh, the West when they had those private firefighters help them out first. And it was a terrible idea. <laughs> Nobody liked. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently people seem to respond to this one. So well, I don't it's know. disgusting that it's privatized at all. Like, can't we all just get the help we need? And like. I'm not blaming the wealthy people who are like, no, that's a pipe dream. I deserve the help and I'm going to pay for it because that's how these problems kind of snowball out of. 
control here. Well, so, I mean, and the other anyways. issue is is not just the actual cost or you know that kind of the healthcare, but actually right, getting right. competent doctors too. Which yeah, exactly. you know, we've had a personal situation with a friend of ours uh, here on the site, and I can tell you a lot about what's going on with inco- you know incompetent doctors, but I can't talk about that technically. Because, so you know, I'm just saying. Um, sure. Yeah. But anyways, we also got the documentary. Now, this one I've heard a lot about. And it's been publicized a lot. One Child Nation. It's the documentary that we saw the trailer for about the one child policy in China and how much it affected the country. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's going to be a rough watch. Yeah. Now, this one's actually, I mean, I, I, can't, I have to wonder. It's gotten a mixed response-ish kind of thing on IMDb. But I have to assume anything that deals with such a controversial subject matter as that is going to generate some degree of back and forth in the way that's being viewed. Because its Metacritic score is actually much stronger. So... Well, yeah, certain audiences will see something on IMDb and they'll rate how it makes them feel, not how the film is actually, you know, documented. Like uh, an audience will say like, oh, baby death, one star, you know. Which is why written reviews are increasingly (laughs) dying medium and why you need reviews like our show, not to literally just plug everything, but you need to hear a person's inflection in their voice and understand and understand where they're going from to get whether or not exactly. they like the movie or not. I yeah, argue that's I also because people that. are becoming much worse writers on the internet, but that's just me too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, also something interesting here is the uh, other nominee here, the Sea of Shadows. Now, this is based on a story going on that apparently the smallest, uh, the world's smallest whale, the vaquita, is nearing extinction because of Mexican cartels and Chinese mafia who are destroying their habitats uh, going on. So it's all about the process of trying to preserve these these animals. Hey, maybe we can just stop the cartels and the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we tried that. It was called the drug war. It actually made the problem worse. Yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's going to be rough dealing with that kind of stuff. But uh, I mean, it sounds it sounds like an interesting story, you know, with all things considered. Yeah. I yeah. thought that said Richard Linklater and was all, oh yeah, but no, it's Richard Lancanny. That's the director of this. And I apologize for misreading that in my head there. He, he's a discount Richard Linklater. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now, we also got this one I have heard a little about, too, is The Biggest Little Farm is the other nominee here. It's a documentary about this guy, John Chester, who's a de- the director of this movie, and his wife, who worked as a, to develop a sustainable farm for 200 acres of land outside of Los Angeles. So it's all about, you know, food crisis stuff kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, which that sounds cool. And then this last one here. Uh, now I've I've heard a lot about this one too. This is the Edge of Democracy, which yeah, is the a sequel to that Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise must fight for democracy against the aliens. He exactly. votes. He dies. He revotes. He dies. He <laughs> votes again. Oh, you know what? Cancel the Edge of Tomorrow document. A uh, uh, sequel. That sounds like a better premise. Come on, everybody. That's that's a great. <laughs> a giant voting PSA. Yeah, but the no, Korean story that movie was based on actually had a really cool title. All you need is kill. I think it was which called. Is, yeah. should have been the title of the movie. I agree. Aren't so, they doing yeah. what is the fucking sequel called? Like it depends on the sequels actually coming out. It's been development hell. Yeah, for what's Edge years. of Democracy about? Sorry, so, I said yeah, actual movie to Edge of Democracy. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a political documentary about. Uh, let's see, it's it's the situation going on between the pre- uh, the Brazilian presidencies and all the democracy that happened around there in the recent elections. So. It's already come out on oh. Netflix a while, uh, a few months back. So, again, also cool. getting a mixed response only because of, you know, knee-jerk reactions to looking at an IMDb kind of thing. But it sounds thrilling because, you know, Brazilian politics get pretty messed up in all things considered. Oh, yeah, 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 people dying left and right. Like, it's it sucks. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like a good mixture here for these ones nominated for Best Feature Documentary of, like, 
a variety of relevant political topics uh, in, in overall kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. No. Uh, and, you know, most of the other categories here, they do a thorough thing with, like, you know, directors and that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to read through all of them because that's a long list. But let's just say this, that of those ones that were nominated for directors, we do have um, Edge of Democracy, Advocate, American Factory, Honeyland, and Forsama. So that shows that maybe there's a little more support for those five among those ten contenders kind of thing. So that's kind of cool. Now, the catch with all of this stuff, too, is that it depends on who makes it to the actual shortlist because, I mean, any given year, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of documentaries that come out. So to make it easier on the Academy voters, it's not entirely fair, but uh, they always have a short list of where they say, okay, these are the ones that are eligible to actually compete at the Oscars. And that's, ah, a, okay. yeah. that's a problem where it's like, yeah, okay, maybe those ones are eligible. Doesn't mean they're actually all the best ones, just means the ones that actually are able to make it to the short list by the end of the year. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that, especially you, Alan, you like watching a lot of these kind of documentaries. So, I mean, what do you kind of th- what do you think about this? Uh, this is exactly like I'm gonna keep this bookmark so I can fucking watch some of these. Maybe not the one child policy because I want to sleep at night and not <laughs> understand how horrible the fucking world is. Uh, but some of the other stuff is just they, documentaries are have a very important thing to do. You have to be informative, but you have to in some way be entertaining because they're and not entertaining like you know fucking oh explosions and, and violence. Like you have to be able to explain it, and especially when you're talking. Because most documentaries are someone sitting in a chair and they're talking a story. That person needs to be uh, engaging, needs to be able to explain this stuff very properly. Get a lot of cool infographics. That usually always works for me. Seeing a map or something, little points here and there, a lot of images. Like, make something that'll keep you engaged so that you are understanding what's actually going on. And, yeah, I fucking love documentaries, so I can't wait to see some of these. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Any last thoughts, Brad, before we move on to the next thing? No, let's move on. I agree with Alan on all those fronts. So, yeah, let's keep the steam train rolling. Yeah, and like I said, a few of these ones are actually are available to watch on Netflix or a few other platforms. So, yeah, if you have a chance to go watch them, go check them out, everybody. So, uh, now here's some other, some of the little tidbits of news, too. I mean, so, Brad, we talked about it on the last episode, like, which category certain actors are going to compete in for, like, Ford, Ferrari, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitively answered those questions. They must have they must have got a preview of our episode to decide that. But um, they do confirm that for sure Leo DiCaprio is competing lead in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Brad Pitt is going to be supporting. And then both actors from Ford Ferrari are going for lead actors, so good luck. You're probably, they're probably not going to get nominated. They're going to fight on stage like they did in the movie. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Damon, Matt Damon usually loses out when that happens, doesn't he? Did he lose out to uh, Michael Douglas in that Liberace um, Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he was... Not, was he nominated for that movie too? Or I think he was, but... I mean, I well, he was going to win anyways because literally to. everybody was talking about Michael Douglas in that movie for a behind the camera. That's true, opera. and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, but that usually if, uh, they have like double category competitors there. That usually they cancel each other out. There's a few exceptions where that doesn't happen, but it does happen quite a bit. Like one of the few times that didn't cause any problems was uh, Three Billboards when Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell both got nominated that year. So, oh yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, both of them were great in that movie. I I don't think either thought, of them were going to win, but... Yeah, I thought Harrelson should have won. <laughs> yeah, Harrelson got beat. I like Rockwell a lot, but I was rooting for Harrelson. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so that was just a little bit of tidbits just to clarify some points from last week's episode. But also this week, we had the Hollywood Film Awards. Now, this is one of many, you know, various film groups and that kind of stuff that I'm not very familiar with, but... Hey, it's one of the first official ones to actually put out winners, not just nominees at this race. So let's just run through the basics here. So the first one they announced for Best Actor was Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. 
Woo, yeah. that's two, right? That's two wins for him on that. Yeah, because the cons win too. So yeah, I think Antonio Banderas front might runner get an scoreboard. Yeah, I think he might be nominated this year. So that could be pretty fun. Um, best actress was Renee Zellweger for Judy. Which yeah, cool. I mean, crickets, crickets for Judy. <laughs> uh, that's the sad thing. Where it's like it seems there's no momentum for this movie, despite everyone saying how great she is in it. And it's like, everyone's like, yeah, but the movie itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I'm terrible. I'm like, oh, I should see Judy though. And the independent theater in my town was like, we're playing Judy. And I was like, uh, actually, I just decided I'm too busy to see a movie this weekend. So. <laughs> wow. Actually, to be fair, I kind of would like that too. Although my point was, oh, cool, Judy's playing at our theater. That's really rare for that to happen. Uh, but I'm kind of broke, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom, and when they're not looking, just duck right into the theater. Yeah. yeah. Oh, horrible. Why would you say that? Did I misinterpret what you said? Let, no, he, he said, he sure. said that. No, he Yeah, you totally misinterpreted it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this is exciting. Best Supporting Actor was Al Pacino for The Irishman. Which I like that. I think Al Pacino is the best thing about the most recent Irishman trailers, and I'm excited so much to see this movie. Not to, like, crap on De Niro's parade, but Al Pacino... He just looks fantastic in this, and it's been so long, guys. It's the best thing Pacino's... he's done probably in, like, years. Like, years, right? Like, years. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, that's exciting, because, I mean, I mean, you've seen the trailers, though, too, right, Alan? Oh, yeah, no, I've seen the trailers, too. I just haven't seen enough about Rob... Um, I don't know if Al Pacino's going to uh, win further on. I'd have to see the movie because, like, the trailers to me, it's like, eh, I don't, I, it didn't really sell me on it. But then again, it could just be a trailer. Is it because of the waxy Zemeckis eyes in the movie? It's a little bit. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard to unsee it. Like, there's the yeah. scene when he's in, like, the fucking, uh, what was it, the World War thing that just looks like a Call of Duty fucking movie. Oh, well, for Robert <laughs> De Niro. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, I'm excited. I mean, all the reviews I've heard for this have been glowing, so I can't wait to actually get a chance yeah, yeah, to see yeah. it. Unfortunately, we won't be able to actually review it for Screener Squad because Chris called dibs on that one. So No, sorry. we'll just do Which it anyway. Which is cool. No, <laughs> we'll do it anyway. I'm, I'm glad we're getting a review. Yeah. Well, I mean, Support technically, if Chris listens to I Am The Prize, he doesn't have to, you know, he probably won't pay attention to us, so we can just review it on here if we want to talk about it. So <laughs> Exactly. Halfway, yeah. Guys, at 30 minutes, we're going to review The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we probably will also do that for Marriage Story, which we'll, I mean, that won't come out until, uh, for Netflix till December, but they're going to get a theatrical screening for this in November. And Marriage Story won for Supporting Actress for Laura Dern. So Laura Dern. Laura yay. Dern won an award. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, right? She's been doing that a lot <laughs> on the Emmys, especially. But, you know, that's exciting because, I mean, honestly, this is my most anticipated movie this year so far. Like, you know, people always say, like, oh, the blockbuster movies. But this one sounds so exciting and right up my alley yeah. for, like, grown-up movies. You know, because I feel like that thing where at some point I start to get really, really excited when I see these kind of movies come out. These hard-hitting, really serious, very much a lot of stuff on their mind kind of adult dramas. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, from what I hear, this movie's also really heavy. So, I mean, because it's, yeah. it's about divorce. So, yeah, of yeah, course. Everybody, get, go go find The Squid and the Whale. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Watch it's that. It's on Netflix. And jump so, into a marriage yeah. story. That's great news. And uh, it's it's transcendent filmmaking. It'll actually make you feel something. So, yeah. They also I'm threw a uh, blockbuster award for uh, towards Avengers Endgame just because, okay, fine. <laughs> Obviously. Because I of mean, course it fucking won. Yeah. Well, the here's Avengers your award for making all the money. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest blockbuster of all time. It's Yeah, through inflation, yeah. meandering, and... Well, no, I just mean, like, even build-up. Like, what was it, yeah. 10 years in the making? 
Or you don't you don't think that either, do you? <laughs> no, no, it was ten years in the making because they kept telling me it was ten years in the making. It was more like three and a oh. half. But wow, hey, you even tell three and a half years. Then that's that's a big big blockbuster. That's how writing it, works, kids. Well, do you consider it a success? And then I'll move. Well, of course, on. I consider it a success. It's just a Good. fucking shoddy film with plot holes bigger than my, oh my hot gosh. take. We're not going to get into man. that. But anyway, yeah, right man. now, <laughs> um, also a breakthrough actor prize was given to Taron Egerton for Rocket Man, which awesome because he Very he awesome. was legitimately so good, even though. Tenny's not a breakthrough because he broke out with Kingsman, so... If it gets him the fucking award so that people can forget we gave it to fucking Bohemian Rhapsody, let's do it. (laughs) He's got two breakout awards from two different years. Like, okay, I'll take it. Broke out twice. Fuck it. Just let it happen. (laughs) And then uh, Rocketman also won for makeup and hairstyling, which admittedly the makeup work in that was fantastic all the way through. Sure. Um, let's see. Cool, we man. also got a breakthrough screenwriter prize for Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy, which what wow. The fuck? Yep, he wrote the script for that movie. So I mean, they, oh my gosh, I had no idea he wrote it. <laughs> I, wow. I, I mean, seriously? I thought that he just was like promoting. This is what I want, story, and some writer was like, "Okay, just start talking." Oh no, no, no! no. He your... actually wrote the script for it. So. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm sorry that I sound like an idiot. I'll I'll no, own that no, no, sounding no, like no. an idiot right now because that's I'm so excited for Honey Boy is all. So yeah, yeah, cool. No, apparently people have said it's really really good. So I can't wait to actually see it myself. Um, the, but then the actual screenplay award went to the two popes. Uh, you know that that, that new movie about the transition between the last two popes that we had. And this is great news because these two actors, you know, are probably going to retire soon. You take that for what it will be. And just knowing that they're going to be acting together, that's awesome. And then seeing it win for writing, that just makes this jump to a highly anticipated film for me. So I'm very excited for this movie now. I wasn't before, but now I am. Yeah, and then um, they gave a producer prize to Emma Tillinger-Koskoff for The Irishman, which... I don't know how you award a producer specifically, but okay, sure. Um, uh, we need to throw award I'm at somebody. Sure how that you works either. Pa. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you put money behind this. There you go. So, <laughs> like, no, nobody gives money like you do to a project. Here's an award. <laughs> well, then also um, the okay. So there's technically a filmmaker award and a director award. I don't know how they distinguish the two, but Bong uh, Joon Ho. They call artist <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Bong Joon Ho won for the filmmaker award for Parasite, which cool. I mean. I think the movie is actually going to be a Best Picture contender, so that's just me. But then the director prize went to James Mangold for Ford vs. Ferrari. Interesting. I don't remember which one of you said it to me, but you said it might have been Shaq or you, Justin, like... You heard that this was just a movie for dads? Well, that, no, yeah, Shaq said that when our TIFF coverage back in the day was like, yeah, you know, everyone <laughs> yeah. who saw it said it's good, but it's good in that way. Like, honestly, James Mangold makes movies for dads. Like, if you look at his catalog, <laughs> yeah. like Logan, Walk the <laughs> yeah. Line, you know, those kind of movies, they're movies that you watch on cable and you go, hey, this is cool, dad, we should watch this together kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's his genre, movies for your dad. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, you can watch it with your kids, Bradley. Tell us how, what you think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Also, let's see. Um, Breakthrough Actors went to Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, which, from what I hear, she's the one great thing about that movie. So good for <laughs> her. Hey, you know what? That's to be fair. Like I've seen her in a few things now, like uh, Bad Times at El Royale, where it's like, yeah, no matter what people think about those movies, she's always the thing people like the most in it. So People need yeah. to watch Bad times at El Royale. That was a hit and miss for a lot of people I've heard. Yeah. I liked it. No, I mean, Lexi watched the whole thing and she was like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, so It got kind of overhyped a little bit, but that's, you know. We that's ain't overhyped. No one watched it. 
Well, it was overhyped. No, you know, it was they, overhyped they were hyping into it. it. So, yeah, and we all saw that picture of um, all who's, ten who's people the sexy that watched Thor. it overhyped it. No, no, the sexy Thor in the rain was like all over the TV marketing. It's like five you minutes know. in the movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it wasn't really marketed as what it actually was. So you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, breakthrough director went to Olivia Wilde for Booksmart, which I know, Alan, you love that movie. Nice. Yeah, I forgot yeah. she directed that. Yeah, awesome. That to me is a really good updated. Like it's clearly just super bad, but it's done such in such a good way to really like uh, establish what it is like to be a kid nowadays. And I, it takes a lot of different stuff to it. I'm like, yeah, this is a really good adaptation. Yeah, um, animation went to Toy Story four. Not terribly surprising with that one. Um, yeah, it's kind of cinema- lame. Cinematography no. went to Jojo Rabbit of all things. So. Oh. Yeah, okay. Apparently people Whenever. like it. I'm never going to watch it. But yeah. Well, it also won for production design, too. So, I mean, I'll probably Roger watch it. Roger Deakins Award. Just call it the Roger Deakins Award, and I'll be happy when Roger Deakins doesn't win it. And that's all I'm saying. That's well, I mean, yeah. Well, that nobody's actually seen 1917 yet, so we'll see what happens there. But. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Yeah. Um, let's see. For editing, it went to Ford versus Ferrari, which also won for sound. So that's cool. Editing a race is very difficult, and I am excited to see that. It, there's racing in this film, right? Well, it's all about racing. That's nah. really joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Nah, at one point, they get out of their cars and just book it like track. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, let's see. Costume design went to Downton Abbey, the movie. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know why people are down on this winning anything. The costuming in Dude, Downton Abbey Everyone I know who saw this movie amazing. loved it. Even people who yeah. aren't Downton Abbey fans. So Yeah. Um, let's see. Also, <laughs> uh, film music went to Marriage Story, which I hear the music's fantastic in that movie, so I can't wait. Um, Who does the music? Uh, Randy Newman. Randy Newman? Oh, okay. Yeah. The <laughs> Randy he's, a, he's got a ton of Oscars, doesn't he? <laughs> he makes good music, man. He's got, his, yeah, he's got no, talent. No, <laughs> I agree. It's just he's going to have to go to Ikea this summer and buy some new shelves. <laughs> uh, but then the last one here, visual effects, went to the Irishman. Hey, we were just talking Seriously? about those visual effects, yeah. Alan. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe they're just bad trailers, or I'm not seeing it in 155. I, I think the problem is, is that yeah, part of it is we've only seen so much from the trailers, but it seems like from what I hear from most of the reviews is that yeah, it's not flawless, but you stop thinking about it as much when you watch. You know, for going on for three hours, you stop thinking about how it looks at some point. Yeah, you're thinking about the bathroom. <laughs> your bladder starts to fill and that's what takes over in your mind exactly <laughs> maybe uh, Jimmy Hoffa had dead waxy eyes and it's spot on <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa's estate goes this is accurate to him <laughs> <laughs> remember those cold dead eyes like a doll's eyes <laughs> that would be amazing but yeah, that's cool I mean that's at least some indication of like where people's like interests are leaning towards with this kind of stuff um but then the last one yeah. here is the Gotham Awards, which, you know, again, this is usually like the first major indicator of what people are thinking about for the race. So uh, last year it was kind of interesting because the film that won last year, um, I mean, like, a couple of the ones that were the big Oscar contenders eventually were The Favorite, Beale Street, and then a couple other movies as well. Even though the top prize went to a film that nobody saw, The Writer, um, if anyone knows about <laughs> that one. So Oh, I've heard of it. I didn't see it. I hear it's great. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet, but I've always heard it's really, really good. So... But yeah, like a few, there's a few crossovers every now and then with this one. But uh, in this yeah. case, the top feature nominated ones were the the farewell for you know the Aquafina movie. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's getting a lot of buzz. So. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's it's one of the highest rated movies this year so far in terms of critical score. So it looks good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Then Hustlers was nominated, which interesting. Yeah, that was okay. Have any of us seen that? I've seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Is yet, it good? Yeah. What would you think? It's Sorry. good. It. The problem is it kind of loses momentum about halfway through the movie and never really regains it. 
Well, like most heist movies, though, right? Not really. Most heist movies at least go to a climax. This kind of gets to a halfway point and just kind of just peters off. Because peters? Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Marriage Story was also nominated, which, I mean, I I think that one's going to be one of the stronger contenders this year at the Oscars for a lot of categories. So... Uh, yeah, then uh, Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler movie, was nominated for Best Picture. For Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Dude, you say that, but people are raving I know, people I just can't believe I'm in a world. Uncut Gems. I can't believe I'm in a world right now where that is a phrase. Yeah, which I don't Uncut know if that Gems? one. Tra- yeah, Uncut Gems. That's the one where he's doing the uh, the crazy, like, heist stuff. Uh, it's the, the one for the Safdie brothers. The guys did a good time. Yeah, it looks great. I don't know. What's, what's up? Yeah. I don't no, know. it's just it's Adam fucking Sandler, so no one believes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool. And then the last one here is Waves, that one that came out with, um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Sterling K. Brown in the role in, yeah. in the movie. So well, I think I was the only one that pushed this on Eye on the Prize, so I'm just going to do a little happy dance at everything coming together. You know, and that's the thing, is like, I want to push it, but I just, I don't hear anyone talking about it. Is the big no, problem. yeah, that's that's kind of one of my reasons, you know, there's always something that no one's talking about that gets gets in there well because the thing too is that this one was one that no one knew was coming out like it premiered at tiff for its big debut and everyone was just like okay what's this little thing from the guy who did uh it comes at night ha ha it's kind of funny and then they see it they go oh this is totally different than it comes at night there's no waves in this movie at all (laughs) but it's apparently making waves in the festival circuit so (laughs) (laughs) no anyway but those are the featured ones so that's a and that's the thing. The problem with the Gotham Awards is that they don't get screened everything because, you know, like I said, 1917, a bunch of other films haven't been screened yet to anybody. So this is... <laughs> As yeah. Justin is furious right now, I need to watch it. Uh, I really need to watch it. Like, I hate not knowing things. I want to know everything. Hey, if someone needs to tell me if they reference Canada at all during 1917 because if they don't, I'm going to be pissed off. It's probably not a movie about that, though, dude. Does it matter? Stop. <laughs> bud, you can't reference. I'm sorry, I just called you Bud. My bad. <laughs> hey, buddy. That's a term of endearment I use, and it, it does make people feel uncomfortable. Anyway, I don't know who that would make them yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> Alan, dude, they, they can't reference everything in a war movie. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but Canada's important during the it, war. It's I'm about two people that have nothing to do with the Canadians' just, contribution, just, is all I'm yeah, saying. No. Just, Please just don't hate a movie for like, not man. referencing Canada. That's all I'm saying. No, just have one of the soldiers <laughs> in the background going, did you hear what those crazy Canadians are up to? They're trying to change Yeah, that, that would be cool. That's all I need. That would be cool. I'll admit that, but okay. I mean, it's kind of like Dunkirk where it's like, oh, yeah, the French were actually a big part in the Dunkirk evacuation, and then they get like two scenes where you see a couple French soldiers every now and then. So. Yeah, yeah I think someone says bonjour every once in a while. Yeah, That's more than we got in Battlefield 1. True. Yeah. Yeah, Battlefield 1 has some other problems <laughs> with that one, too. I'm just like, you guys Still realize matters. the Germans are not Nazis, right, in this one? So, Meh. Close enough. <laughs> anyway, I got... Whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> we, we also got uh, the best documentary feature, which we spoke about earlier here. But So, again, this is kind of showing where people's thoughts are lining towards uh, documentary stuff. Because American Factory was nominated, uh, Apollo 11, mm-hmm. Edge of Democracy, Midnight Traveler, and One Child Nation. So... Yeah, that seems like there's a big push Did we for these. Talk about Midnight Traveler. Yeah, that was the one that I mentioned earlier in the uh, the documentary ones. Okay, I must have missed it. Then. That was the one. Um, that's the uh, the one with the hospitals. Uh, you know. The, oh the... yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that sounds kind of cool uh, for that one. And then uh, best actor is Willem Dafoe, which this one they don't distinguish between supporting and lead actor, so they just lump them all in the same category. Um, Adam Driver, Aldous Hodges for Clemency, which yeah, Adam Driver Marriage Story. Uh, Andre Holland for High Flying Bird, which, wow, what a choice. Uh, and then Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. 
<laughs> Wait, what? Really? High flying birds on here? I heard people didn't like it. I, I reviewed it. I thought it was just okay. Like it's not even bad. It's just incredibly average. So I'm who just do you think's like, the the leader out of these? Um, in these, I would say that it's probably Adam Driver. Like uh, next to Joaquin Phoenix, which I know nobody's going to try to push him forward because of the Joker stuff. But he, Adam Driver, been the one getting the most buzz of any actor this year. For, for well, it'd be a little on the nose if the Joker won a Gotham Award. You know, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Actually, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. But I mean, to be fair, the Gotham Awards also seem to be not. They seem to lean more towards independent and streaming stuff because there's no sure, major yeah. studio picks here. So yeah, I, yeah. I see. As, jo- as Walkie Feezy goes in full Joker costume, saying, "You know what? The, you know what? You want to hear a knock knock joke? <laughs> what do you get when you get an actor who lives as a society that pushes him around in the media and treats him like trash? <laughs> an award-winning performance? Um, oh, sorry, yeah. no." No, no, no. Moving. I, I like Willem Dafoe, Driver, Sandler. These are all great. I didn't see Andre Holland in High Flying Bird. He was good. But I've heard Aldous Hodge is still trying to get Oscar momentum actually in Clemency, but I haven't seen Clemency. I have not either, heard so. it. I've heard Jack about Clemency. The only person I've heard getting promotion promotion from Clemency is the person nominated for Best Actress here, Alfie Woodard, who's also up there this one. So okay. Um, but then for Best Actress, also it's Aquafina for The Farewell, which. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see Oscar nominee Aquafina this year. That actually seems like a thing that's going to happen. So that's cool. Oscar Aquafina. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Moss for Her Smell, which I know Chris saw this movie. That, he loved That's a terrible name Elizabeth. for a movie. I know. It's a it's terrible a, movie. It's about a musician, right? Yeah, yeah. She's like a rock and roll star or something like that. But apparently he said that she's like one of his favorite performances this year, this movie. So She's a great performer. So there oh, you yeah. go. Um, now, this one I'm really excited about. This is a movie that I saw this year called Diane that nobody else saw but me and uh, Laura when we reviewed it. But it's a great freaking movie, and the lead actress Mary Kate Place got nominated. So, okay. Uh, and then the last one here is, you know, I, I know how I feel about Midsummer in this one, but Florence P was nominated for Midsummer, which I'm like, Ooh. why nominate her for this and not Fighting with My Family? She was much better in that movie. So, I don't. Know. Well, what if she wins for Midsummer and you just remember it as Fighting with My Family? Because I liked Florence Pugh a lot. For the year, and can't we just give her an award for that? Oh, sure. I mean, overall, she's had, like, great performances all throughout this year. I just... This is one of the best years for an actress I've ever seen, especially a relatively unheard of one. So. Well, I mean, she only debuted, like, two years ago with, like... Um... Oh, really? Uh, well, because there was that movie Lady Macbeth that everyone was saying she was great That's in. crazy. She's Wait, only been acting for Macbeth? two years. Well, I mean, I mean, she's been around for a while, but she's only gotten prominence in her performances for the last I see. couple years. So. She seems like a veteran, is what I'm saying. I mean, so, she's only wow. like a few years younger than us, so, yeah. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I think, I want to say she's like 27, 26, something like that, so. What? Yeah, wow. what are we doing with our lives while Florence Pugh is... Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not doing I should be in three great movies everyone's talking about. Oh, sorry, Justin, I should be in two great movies and one okay one that gets mixed feelings that everyone's talking about by my age, anyways. I know, I know. That's like when I look through the list and that stuff, and I'm like... Huh, Jesse Plemons is only like two years older than me. What am I doing wrong, too? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Forrest P was born in 96, so she's very young. So Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's see. Best screenplay was The Farewell, which is cool. Uh-huh. High Flying Bird. Uh, okay. Uh, the Last Black Band in San Francisco got nominated for that one, that too. A yeah, a lot of people are hoping this gets a lot of award buzz. So Yeah, That's it feels like it's cool. one of like, just on the cusp of like being those, like, you know, probably not going to make big waves of the Oscars, but they're trying to push for it for some of these smaller categories like screenplay kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably its best shot. Uh, Marriage Story, which will probably win Best Original Screenplay this year. Oh, for sure. No and then Obama. Midsommar, wow. which 
Mm. What do you think? Whoa. I would actually like to see that script. Is it mostly just blank pages that say, <laughs> please take drug now? <laughs> Lots of big visual descriptions no, and like maybe like two lines of dialogue every few minutes. No, it's just <laughs> yeah. a, to- it's a, it's a Tolkien fucking novel of the grass then swayed to the left. Then to do the scripts right. have stuff like that in them? I'm Probably. Curious. Some do, <laughs> but that's going to be funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. And then you got, I mean, this is mostly for breakthrough directors. You've probably not heard most of these people, but Olivia Wilde's on the list too. So that's cool. Cool. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then also uh, the guy who directed Diane and then the person who directed Last Black Man in San Francisco. So that's cool. Uh, breakthrough cool. actors. Again, I've not heard of most of these people. There, it's like uh, Julia Fox and Uncut Gems. Uh one of, the, one of the actors from The Nightingale and uh, the kid from Honey Boy also. That's oh, The yeah, Nightingale. It... Was that from the director of The Babadook? Yes, that's that right? the one. Okay, so, yeah. That, didn't that look that. terrible? I heard, I heard okay. it was yeah. a terrible theme, but nah. good. Yeah, um, let's see. They also did some TV nominations here for a breakthrough series in a long mm-hmm. format. Uh, Chernobyl, awesome. The, uh, oh, the cat's name was Craig Yeah, Hansen. the fucking okay. cat. The Chernobyl cat for best supporting actor. I'm just tuning you out when you say that stuff. So <laughs> I'm used to people. Doing that. I know. Um, okay, there's all this okay. show called David Makes Man, which I've never heard of before. Apparently, it's on Oprah's network. So Oprah has okay. a network. Yeah. Uh, oh, o- that's O-W-N. what OWN stands uh, for. Oprah Winfrey Network. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least she's creative. she knows what sells so um but it's the the big thing about it is from terrell avin mccranny who's the guy behind moonlight i believe so that's kind of the big okay um my brilliant friend also was nominated which is an italian series that came on hbo that from i heard people who saw it really liked it a lot but only like a handful of people saw it to be fair yeah i'll have to look into that um a show you really liked a lot bradley um, uh, and i think alan i I think you were on this one too unbelievable i was on the review too yeah yes you were yeah we both liked it a lot yeah awesome this is like a doc this is basically a dramatization of a of a series of events involving uh, a rape case and just what happens when the people that don't know what the fuck's going on are trying to actually solve these cases and it's fucking awesome i hope it gets more uh i hope it actually like gets viewed because that would fucking be awesome if yeah you actually it's one of netflix's top hit this year like it's just I think, I think it's like third or fourth in the rankings next to like tall girl and stranger things Tall girl, really? Yeah, believe it or not, Tall Girl was saw, was seen by like thirty five million households. Wait, so. what the fuck is Tall Come Girl? The that terrible comedy film that came out about the girl who's being persecuted because she's a little taller than everybody. Well, I wouldn't say persecuted, but you know, a teenager who's even... like, "Why can't I fall in love?" We we just talked about this earlier. But... Yeah, I feel like we watched a trailer from it, but I completely forgot it existed because it's super generic <laughs> and totally forgettable. So, <laughs> um, okay. yeah. but then the last one was When They See Us, which was nominated for this one. So yeah, which That's good, no surprise there. I can't wait to see Netflix which, get snubbed course. again. Uh, well, hey, they're making up for it in their movie category, so we'll see what happens there. Are they though? Uh, the Irishman, uh, Marriage Story. Uh, oh, Marriage Story is in Netflix. Yeah. Okay, yeah. never mind. There you yeah, go. no, seriously, Netflix has like, like I said, I keep saying they have like four or five major awards contenders this year. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then breakthrough short series they have here. This last one for Gotham Awards. They have uh, Pen Fifteen, that Hulu series that everyone's been talking about, kind of. Haha, um, <laughs> it spells penis. I know, right? Oh, I see. The one and the five can be like an I and an S, huh? Mm-hmm, Look mm-hmm. how funny we Like are. boobs on a calculator. Um, and then Rami, that series on Hulu's also got nominated. I don't yeah, know what I'm that not. is. Either. I don't I'm have sorry. Hulu up here. I'm yeah, sorry. We don't have Hulu. I know. We're, I'm not, we're no, I'm just cold. mad because I want to watch Rami so badly. It, it sounds like right up your alley, too. So. Yeah, that's how I want to watch it. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. Oh, I don't own it. And it's not available in my country. Boo. Oh, you could see if you could purchase it on digital somewhere. Dude, I can't even pirate it. 
Wow. Okay. okay. That's the weirdest thing is I can't even Am find it. Am I misinterpreting illegally. what you're saying by pirate? Let's move no, on. No, no, no. It, yeah. Who, yeah okay. Russian Doll was Russian Doll a short form breakthrough series? Yes, it was also, uh, and that's yeah. the last nominee for that one. Because I mean, I hope that one wins. I really liked that. one. It was great. great. Yeah, it's a great show. So. I'm surprised how good it was, honestly. Yeah, but yeah. in terms of most of these nominees and that stuff from both the Hollywood and the Gotham Awards, what do you guys think about that so far? Marriage Story seems like it's going to be at least like it's weird. It's either going to be the biggest snub of the year or it's going to clean up. Like it's either going to win every fucking award or not. Yeah, I mean, that one's almost had, like, unanimous praise for that one. So I think it's probably going to be one of the bigger contenders. Because I think one thing that helps from it is got that vibe of, like, Kramer versus Kramer. Because that was also a huge indie dar- I mean, well, critical darling back in the day. So Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's kind of got that vibe to help push it with, along with being actually legitimately good, too. And this type of story, especially from a brilliant writer like Noah Baumbach, can be a story, what's the word, timeless? Yeah. Like, this will work years from now, decades from now, centuries from now, if I'm going to be hyperbolic. So hopefully it is. it does make the run as one of the top contenders. Because I'm so tired of a lot of the Academy winners being films that only work in the context of that decade, and then they never work again. Well, I mean, you know that's, I mean? that's not a new thing. I mean, that's happened a lot. I know years. it's not a new thing. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some past Oscar winners that have not aged very well. If you look at them, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm excited about that. I mean, it seems like, I mean, again, like Irishman does seem like it's going to be a potential. Probably, I mean, it depends on whether it has the momentum to win the big top prizes. But, uh, I mean, heck, it's Al Pacino is probably going to be one. Like, I think it's going to be twin, him, yeah, between him and Brad Pitt for a supporting actor this year. Yeah. So, and which is cool. I, I I just miss a good Al Pacino performance. So I'm super excited for this yeah. movie. And then uh, Laura Dern kind of coming out nowhere to be a big contender for sporting actress. I mean, she hasn't won an Oscar yet, so this could be a chance. Does she always come well, out of nowhere no when? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, she got nominated she for the movie won Wild. A... Where... Wow. You remember that one, Bradley? Wild with uh, Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like About nobody the person was predicting who goes her. walking? Yeah, well, I was saying, like, yeah, no one was predicting her for that category. But then out of nowhere, it's like, and Laura Dern for Wild for supporting actress. You're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's cool i mean hey laura dern's a good actress so i mean and she was even great in stuff like uh big little lies too where she won for that one so yes she was great in big little lies probably yeah. the best best character in that whole show really mm, Nah, i liked it i can't i keep bringing she was in the divergent movies but uh i think she was my favorite oh shailene woodley shailene woodley her story cool. gets cut off at the throat like after six episodes though Wait, I, I didn't see season two, so I don't know if they fuck it up. Okay, no. And she she has so much time, too. She's been really good in everything she's in, even the Diversion series, which... Yep. Not not great films, but, you know. I, I would argue pretty terrible, so... <laughs> I won't. I think I... I, I would not argue one. against that. The, the first one is them. passable at best, and then the second one is just a slog to get Oh, through. guys, if, if so. you read these books, they, she's given, it, like, nothing to work with, though. Yeah. No, so. fair enough. But then, um... But yeah, I mean, I think uh, also seeing that they give a b- award to Parasite, again, I think this movie should merit Best Picture consideration. Like, I, I'm yeah, going to go cool. see it as soon that's as cool. I can, because unfortunately... What? How, 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 how are we going to get to see this, Alan? Don't say pirate. I really want to see this, but unless Netflix picks it up, I probably won't get to until, like, March of next year. I mean, it's being okay. distributed through Neon, so I'm sure they're going to try to get it out to some, like, get some streaming some kind of deal VOD with, like, service. Amazon or something like that. Or, yeah, so. do you yeah. have Amazon Prime? I don't, know. Okay, what we do is we're going to get you Amazon Prime, then put you in a box and ship you to China. <laughs> well, Korea, in this case. So. Look, we get to China first, we can get the rest later. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's exciting. I think we're actually going to see Antonio Banderas make it to the Best Actor list, too, which... Very cool. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Now, and Glory, also, which is reviewed. We've reviewed that on the site, right? Highest Best Suspect review. Pain yeah, most, and they were overall like pretty positive on it. I think it was on average they gave it about an 8 to a 7 range kind of thing where they're like, yeah, Antonio Banderas is like this, one of the best things about the movie for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, And then I think based on the stuff I've been seeing that it seems like Ford versus Ferrari will be the safe bet this year for like something that like everyone likes it. They'll nominate for a bunch of stuff and it probably won't win nothing. So harsh well i mean okay well, maybe not nothing it might, i mean it's been leading in a couple oh, i don't of think it's gonna win a single thing honestly. well i mean it's christian be- bell you know christian bell's won for mediocre films before by but, being but the thing awesome they'll win for i think would be for technical categories like editing yeah, the fighter guys the fighter was a okay i'm gonna slow down i almost said garbage movie it's not a garbage movie uh, i think the fighter's a pretty freaking great movie personally i, think I thought it was just okay a movie that supporting character outshines the lead come on that's it's horrible. not really hard to outshine mark Wahlberg. Ooh, damn. i'm sorry though also oscar nominee mark Wahlberg. so just saying. and as somebody that loves mark Wahlberg, it's not hard to outshine him. <laughs> that was that was one of the worst movies i've ever seen about mickey ward in my life was it mickey ward now dick dicky edlin though that was a great movie about him that's <laughs> so well, I mean, knowing um, what's his name, David o. Russell's track record, he's not exactly a guy who likes to stick to the true facts about certain stories. I mean, American Hustle okay, is no, full of you're right. Oh, you're American right. Hustle, holy shit! Yeah, he just yeah. He, he just pretty much made a whole new movie out of that. Because I mean, I think what the caption at the beginning was like, some of this actually happened. Was the caption that he used in that movie too? It's <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, any other thoughts about like you know just who you think might you know what this might say about the race uh, going in? I hope that. William Def- Willem, sorry, Willem Dafoe gets a lot more Oscar love than he has in the past because I I just want him to win. I mean, he's been, he he's gotten nominations away. two years in a row now with um, I know and uh, what was it the floor of the project and then at Eternity's Gate he got nominated. Too. I'm surprised how nervous I am to see the Lighthouse. I'm worried I'm going to get ten minutes in and I'll be like, wow, this is dumb. I but, think um, it looks. I mean, I, Lexi is the one who's pushing me to go. Like, we're going to go see the lighthouse as soon as it opens up in the theater. Like, not a. It's not yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah. It is a fact, kind of thing. So. Oh, and I hate. It's going to be. And I'm going to ask you this, Justin. Is this going to be another movie that separates critics and audiences? Like, critics will be like, no. Uh, actually, on Rotten Tomatoes, into both the, the scores are at 90s right now for audiences. Really? Oh, wow. Well, because that's great. That the, you know, even though it's a big, arty, crazy pseudo horror movie. I mean that's yeah. part of why it has an appeal because like yeah it's trying to be a you know a genre film on top of being a critic art house film too so well with the the Vivich critics said the scariest film you'll see ever until you die and general audiences were like this is boring so you know what I mean well okay, okay you have to consider though that usually when you get audience scores like that it's the people who actually do watch them I mean I don't know people who do care enough to watch the movie kind of thing because I mean yeah to be fair yeah. the witch is a very slow movie but I also argue it's it is a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie, quote, quote, you know? Well, it was never boring No, I don't either. know what the hell you're talking about. It's not a mainstream horror film. Let's just say that, you know? Oh, okay. You know, no, and I can agree with that. It's a movie with very few jump scares, if any, and it's a movie all about, mostly about mood and tension and, and well, aura. Do you need a jump scare when with an opening like that, though? No. Okay, now, to be fair, also, the score has gone <laughs> a little bit down in the audience score since I just checked, because I look now, it's at 78% for audience on Lighthouse. 
witch. Oh, boy. So that's about where it is for the witch, though, too. So I'm going to say... Okay, yeah. I still think it'll do fine. Like, it's not going to be... Audience a th- score is just so influential on bigger nominations. And I know that's stupid of me to say, but I, I believe it is all I'm saying. I mean, audience score is pretty influential on a lot of stuff. I mean, what? Yeah. Joker is uh, one of the biggest movies of the year because of audience score and audience reception. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So, um, and then... I think a safe bet too. Again, like I keep saying, I think Aquafina will be nominated for Best Actress. I think that's actually going to be a thing, and I I'm shocked that that is the thing that's going to happen. But everyone says she's great in the movie, so <laughs> um, I don't know. Al, any last thoughts on this one, this stuff? Uh, honestly, I don't think Ford versus Ferrari is going to really get anywhere. I think it's just going to. I'm not even sure it's going to get any full nominations. That just seems like a movie people are are going to be like, hey, it's cool. It's going to be this year's. It's going to be this year's Rush. Um, as far as Possibly. Netflix stuff, Netflix. I like always, Rush. Rush is great, but it didn't really go anywhere. But it was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, as far well, as does Netflix Ford or stuff, Ferrari have any influence, like money wise, on these? I don't think talking? so at all. What do you mean, like? <laughs> yeah. Like what do you mean? Like, money, would money? Ford actually help push this? Oh, pff, to be. I, I mean, it, it was a Fox movie that Disney scooped up, so I doubt it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, what else, Alan? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. What else? Again, I still think that Netflix always consistently gets snubbed. Uh, I hope Parasite does, just because it'd be hilarious to see a movie that I'm pretty sure the cabinet didn't fucking watch get anywhere. Uh, I think oh it's gonna be gosh. a bunch of surprises this year. <laughs> this is this is one of those years where it's like I can't see anybody that's definitively winning anything. Well, that's the thing is that I'm actually starting to see, like, you know, compared to a lot of years, I'm starting to see a little bit of a like a, an idea of where people's thoughts are in certain categories. But it is quite often in, in a lot of cases where there's no definitive like this is the film that's gonna sweep the Oscars, like. If anything, the two most obvious, like, you know, the two big films that are being pushed for being Oscar contenders are The Irishman and Marriage Story. But otherwise, it's pretty much anyone's game in quite a few of these categories here. So, yeah. yeah. So, but that's, again, I would say that compared to the other, like, you know, in the other situation, I would prefer when it's more open like this, because then you never know. You never know who might actually just come out of nowhere and sweep in, you know? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Unless it's Cats. Unless Cats sweeps. <laughs> oh, 100%. What are you talking about? That's going to be best animated feature of the, of the year. <laughs> Dude, I if Cats does get an Oscar nomination, I'm going to be shocked. I'm doing a double <laughs> feature. Tom Hooper for best director, because Tom Hooper. Double Rebel feature. Wilson for best supporting actress for that scene where oh, she falls over God. and does fat jokes. Ah, funny. Look, she, she's overweight and falls down. She's hey, honestly, hey, 90s. She's like taking the torch from Melissa McCarthy at this point because, like, no, Melissa McCarthy was always talented other than falling down. Yeah, but so was Kevin James. And look what happened. Some of the best episodes of Gilmore Girls, yes, I watched a lot of Gilmore she Girls, was, was Melissa McCarthy doing dramatic work. Yeah. Okay. I said what I said. Okay. And you say a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, and also, to be fair, they are trying to push for Oscar stuff because apparently they're writing an original song for the movie, which is going to be a Taylor Swift song, too. So, oh boy. so it's going to oh, be that trash, could be, fun. be prepared. It's going to be trash and it will play on every radio station. Oh, I hope the word it's meow gonna... is in there a oh, lot. Oh, no. No, no, no. Let me think of a cat song. I'm, let me think of something in five meow, seconds. Meow, like, meow. Going to break up with you, meow. Going to ask me to break up how. How I break up is meow, meow. And <laughs> Did you just write repeat. a Taylor Swift song? Yes, yep, I just pulled that out of the air. <laughs> It's going to have like six lyrics and repeat itself eight times. Yeah, and a, and a highly overproduced and totally generic music video around it, too. So. Oh. God. I'm sorry. But if you guys watch a, watch a documentary on Taylor Swift, she does actually work incredibly hard. 
Even I, though I I'm don't she care for her music at, at her all. Job. Well, I mean, oh. to be fair, like in terms of actually songs or whatever, uh, in terms of business, Taylor Swift's been highly influential in terms of business yeah. and music. So yeah. I mean, I won't, I, I, I will not falter for that. She's actually done yeah. some big stuff in terms of music industry stuff. It's kind of fascinating. So just because you work hard doesn't mean you're good. No, okay. It doesn't mean that you can't do good either, though. Like you know, like, I'm sorry. Like I think she has a good singing voice. I just think a lot of her songs are incredibly fucking generic. Really? I think her voice yeah, is kind of common. Oh yeah, I think she has a great singing voice. She just has very generic songs. I mean, I would argue that for but Beyonce that's too, audit. but people that's get what mad she's at trying to make. It, yeah, we we can't talk about that. The Beehive will kill us. I know, right? <laughs> Even I won't make hot takes on Beyonce. <laughs> Fight me, you <laughs> I didn't under. I'll just say I didn't really. Dude, understand they will. Don't tempt them. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we got to say about this. We'll keep it under our hour for this one. But um, yeah, thank you all for listening. I know this is again, this is the nerdiest podcast on a super nerdy site like oneofus.net. But it's fun to talk about this stuff. It's it's fantasy football for Oscar. I mean, for movie nerds. So, uh, but yeah, Bradley, where can they find you on the internet, man? I'm at Bradley of Martin. There's no E in there. And I'm usually trolling around the Facebook page, you know, commenting. And, you know, you can listen to my reviews on the Screener Squad, usually with Alan. And supposedly Hi. 2020 will be the year me and Alan review non-rape-associated movies. Yay! <laughs> yeah. No, we got to finish the trilogy. <laughs> wow. Anyway, <laughs> Alan, where can they find you? Uh, if you go to uh, Facebook and write in the chat attack, space it as you need to, uh, you'll see a blue logo with a bunch of the symbols on there. You'll see there's all sorts of live streams where I talk incoherently about all sorts of crazy bullshit, probably talking shit about some of the Oscar movies that are probably going to come out soon. <laughs> so if you're curious to hear that, check that out. There's also a political podcast that I'm a part of uh, on the Metropolis Initiative. There's embedded links in the chat attack, so all the information will be there. I have to wonder if there's a movie that will piss you and the other guys off as much as Call Me By Your Name did that year. It was up for Oscars. So. Oh, I didn't watch it because of how mad everyone's getting. I'm like, I don't want to get involved in this. <laughs> Why are people mad about that? Which we can talk about But later. subject matter about, you know, a, a older guy and a younger guy kind of oh thing. oh yes predatory yeah. behavior well, it's in italy yeah. i mean yeah oh my god we're not doing this nope nope no I yeah. no 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 we're not doing it no, no, no. <laughs> we can move on okay it's an amazing book. Book. Like, no no let us finish let us finish <laughs> all right well thank you all for listening and tune in whenever we get a new episode i mean this is why this show is fun because literally we can do an episode whenever we feel like it this one so all right see you everybody yeah bye-bye